Welcome to season three of Talking Turns, where we take turns talking and the talk takes a turn. This is George Knapp. As a friendly reminder, this program contains adult language and themes. Hi, Gina. Hi, George. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So here I'm with uh, Gina Evans. She can tell us more about herself, but it's uh, we met online through Andrea, like I meet everybody on the planet. <laughs> And uh, so, Gina, tell us a little bit about what you do, what your hobbies are, other than we're going to get into writing, because I know that's a big thing for you, but... I design and develop online learning. Okay. Um, any specific type, genre, I mean, technical stuff, or... Everything. I've everything? done everything okay. from soft skills to computer simulations. Uh, dabbled a little bit with augmented reality. It's not... Used commonly because it's still not, the price point's still too high for most people. So what's augmented reality? That would be like Snapchat or okay. something where you can scan a barcode mm -hmm. and something pops up. So it's somewhat interactive? Yes, it's okay. very interactive. Okay. okay, all right. And there are other applications for it too, especially in the medical industry. They, um, they can use simulations that are the, the human body and you can walk into it and touch a part. Oh, okay. And, okay. Yeah. I saw yeah. something like that on uh, Dr. Poole. He was visiting his old veterinary school in, um, I think he's from the Netherlands and they were showing him a, basically they had a horse that was a fake horse. You could do stuff to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think too, like maybe people with certain sensory disabilities, like, um, um, hearing or vision or other types, maybe there's a way to cut, create interactions for them. I don't know, but I'm just was thinking. There what, are. There's know. a lot of work and a, a lot that can be done in the compliance field. It's, it's just, you know, it's a developing area. Cool. With um, adaptations and mm -hmm. things that make it easier for people with challenges. Yeah. Cool. That's great. So is your background in education? Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yes. My degree is in education. I've taught everything from three-year-olds to 80-year-olds. Nice, so. nice. Well, maybe you'll teach us something. No, well, well no. you've already taught me something. I am not uh, in the already, classroom anymore. <laughs> uh, you, you taught me what augmented reality was, so that's good. So that's good. So you born and raised in this area? What's your no. what's your back? What's, what's your backstory? I'm actually from Auburn, Alabama. A lot of industry, actually, in Auburn. There is. Steel and, and foundries and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. My first job was in Neptune Water Meter Plant. There you go. Yeah. And I worked in the foundry. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> sand foundry probably. Yep, yeah, it yep, was. Yep. yep. Cool. So I have a background in metallurgy. Uh, so uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm familiar. I'm familiar. We started talking specifically about writing, yeah. I believe, um, among other things, politics, which we won't, we can get into. We don't have to get into. You, I believe, you have uh, done a lot of writing. And yeah. you've also interacted with a lot of authors, I believe, is my impression. You've read the first manuscript of my book, which I'm on now the third. I've done two additional edits since then. Oh, wow. Um, thanks to your feedback and feedback of mostly Kelly Mims. Thank you, Kelly, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your interest in writing, how that came about, and, and what you how, how does that fit into your life? And It's just always been a part of my life, really. Mm -hmm. I've... Um been a writer ever since I can remember. 
I don't remember a time when I didn't write. So have you always kept a journal? Is that how it started maybe? Or did you write just like No, I wrote uh, articles. Like fiction or articles? Okay, <laughs> even as a kid, as a child, you were writing articles? Okay. Yeah, I think the uh, I got a, a typewriter for my birthday one year when I was okay. eight or nine. All right, all right. And the first article that I wrote was on the mistreatment of the first people Native Americans in the country. Wow, wow. Yeah, that did not play well. What's <laughs> from? Well, I won't comment, but that's uh, unfortunate that the people of Auburn uh, uh, or wherever you were, Alabama, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by that point, we had moved to a small rural area okay. between okay. Auburn and Montgomery. All right. So, uh, yeah, not not a town. Not a town. Okay. Kind of like Darlington would. Oh, never mind. Darlington is a thriving metropolis compared really? to where I okay. grew up. So you started writing when you were younger, and yep. you wrote about uh, injustice, which is interesting. So it seems to me, politically, from the little that I know from you on Facebook, uh, you haven't changed much in your uh, view of the world, which is not a bad thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're, I'm sure you've refined it. You're, you're further left <laughs> further left than, than, uh, than the obvious support of Native Americans, which shouldn't have to be on the political spectrum, but apparently it is still controversial somehow. Yeah. I always try to remind people when they talk about America and immigration, I always say, well, everybody's an immigrant, even Native Americans to some extent. You could argue were immigrants because they did come from Asia, various places in Asia, actually. There are people came by boat, people crossed the land bridge. There's, a, you know, now anthropologists are telling us lots of different ways Native Americans arrived here. But even in that case, I mean, you know, it's just stunning how we white European descendants have have just pillaged. I mean, there's no other word for it. You know, what makes America, what makes America strong isn't that anybody's that much smarter. It's just that we had free land. I mean, even now people from Europe that come to visit us, they cannot get over how much land, how, how cheap, how yeah. cheap the land is and how, you know, I mean, Europe is still cramped 600 years after the departure of Columbus and a thousand years after the the plague, you know, yep. it's still this, this is, it's a different place. And so it's easy to make money in a place where there's a almost limited, unlimited natural resources. Anyway, that's my kind of America's not as exceptional as people think. It's just, we <laughs> we're, just we're quote land. unquote blessed um, with uh, a lot of free stuff that's available or stuff we could steal from others, including our grandchildren, unfortunately, in some cases. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm wandering. Back to writing. <laughs> I will edit some of that out. Do you find writing to be therapeutic? Do you find writing to be cathartic in the sense of it's just a way to to get stuff out of your head? What's your what's kind of your driving force, I guess, behind writing? I don't know. It's kind of just as natural to me as breathing. Okay. It's always been a part of everything I've ever done. There's mm -hmm. been an aspect of writing or books or some kind of something in that milieu. I um, worked at um, Books A Million. Mm -hmm. I was the first Florence employee hired when wow. they opened the okay. store. And it was a big deal when mm -hmm. they opened that mm -hmm. store. And that's where I started working with um, authors. I was the regional buyer and I was a special events coordinator. Okay. So I booked authors to come in and worked with regional authors and maintain the regional section of the bookstore mm -hmm. right and 
then I worked with the Publishers Association of the South for a short time. Okay. And I worked with Wanda Jewel at Sieber, which is the Southern Independent Booksellers Association. Okay. And, you know, just kind of always, somehow it's been, writing's been a part of my job. When I worked at the Darlington Library here, I um, wrote a newspaper article, a weekly newspaper article for the News and Journal. Right. And um, I had... I want to say 600 words. You got 600 words to say, to something, say everything, everything that's going on in the library. That's 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 good. That's for impressive. all of Darlington County. So yeah, that was that was a good training ground. Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent. I've I've written newsletters, the book review newsletter mm-hmm. called the Bibliophile for a mm-hmm. while, and uh, you know, in my jobs, it's always been an aspect of it that was writing. I got my start in tech working as a technical writer for a computer software company. So. Well, there you go. So you have done a whole spectrum of everything from book reviews to education to technical writing to all kinds of things. That's yep. interesting. That's very good. And my focus now in marketing. Yeah, I'm sorry. And online learning is more story-based, scenario-based training. Okay. Kinds of things. Like um, the only thing I can think of that would be really relevant would be have you ever done like a choose your own adventure kind of game where you make decisions and that affects the outcomes only Different. like dungeons and dragon type stuff back in the day <laughs> yeah, and that was you know using using when... random you know using dice to make you know decisions for you in some cases depending on your decision but yes yeah well but i'm familiar with it you know i'm learning i know um i was with the grandkids at the darlington library uh, a month or so ago and they had some they had a software package running and my grandson was on there and yeah the, the, you you could write your own story it would give you a picture and then you could choose different aspects whether you wanted to talk about the cow that was in the picture or the farmer that was in the picture or whatever then it would kind of help you create your own story that kind of thing well a current project that i'm working on that i'm writing the script for now is um Wound care at home for open wounds that okay. can't be sewed up, stitched up for a wound care right. center okay. to use. Okay. And, um, you know, there's a lot of decision points, mm-hmm. you know, and you offer the... If then the, type yeah, thing, if you right? do yeah. this, right. pick, a, pick one, and mm-hmm. then that you get your Leads feedback you right path, away. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like computer programming in my mind. It sounds like computer programming in my mind. I hate to say that, but it sounds very algorithmic um, in the sense that, you know, you go through these if-then statements in, in computer programming. Everything's a, 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 a choice, a binary choice, because that's how computers work. So everything's either a one or a zero. And based on the choice, then the next set of options is limited by the previous the previous choice except we're not binary we're not limited uh, yeah, right. to two choices well, you can yeah. have three four five you know whatever but it's the same idea it. it's logic i mean logic, you wouldn't get yes. to you wouldn't get to choice h because choice h <laughs> would be because of a different type of wound or a different type of scenario yeah. or okay right i got it yep so that kind of thing is, interesting um, very it's very much story-based i'm uh, mm-hmm. part of um an accelerated storytellers interactive Huh. group that i've been working with and that sounds pretty cool a lot about yeah. yeah if you get a chance after mm-hmm. and you're playing on your computer go to brokencoworker.com okay that's the okay. kind of stuff that we do okay cool brokencoworker.com i'll check that out yep 
And is it is that a um, that's a private business? That's actually just a, an e-learning piece that um, the leader, the instructor for the. I mean, can I can I share can that just, with my audience, sure. or is that something I should cut out? No, no that's, that's fine. Okay, that's yeah. all right. Okay. It's out on the interwebs for anybody okay. to see. <laughs> okay, great, great. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I mean, I don't really know you. Uh, the only thing I know about you is you like about two thirds of my posts on Facebook. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> so that means I'm getting, you know, I'm getting usually getting uh, reinforcement, which Andrew always gets irritated. I have not irritated at you personally, but I have a small group of people that she thinks egg me on. <laughs> I like to believe encourage me to express myself. So it depends on. <laughs> I guess it depends on uh, um, what side of the foil you're on, um, but. Uh, in fact, she was at a she was at a, a baby uh, birthday party this weekend f- doing her photography thing, and it, it was also friends of ours, people that we knew through you know doing their weddings, et cetera, et cetera. And more than one of them had said, "Hey, how's George doing?" And you know, uh, uh, oh, we love what he writes on, you know. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh," you know. <laughs> she's like, "He doesn't need any encouragement." I don't encourage yeah, yeah, him. Right, right. Don't feed uh, the bear. But uh, hey, it is what it is. You obviously, because you write, you also read all the time. What do you What do you look for in a book? I mean, as a as a fledgling, very very fledgling <laughs> author, trying to be author. I don't even know if I'm technically an author yet, but if I guess I am because I've written something. Exactly. So, so if you're writing, am, you're right. a writer. So don't ever let um, anybody tell you different. But uh, not published. Let's just say that. Other than some, you know, essays and stuff. But what do you look for in a book? I mean, what's the, what's the kind of stuff that, you know, it, that you think makes a good makes a good story? Maybe that's a better way to say it. Instead of just a book, a story, whether it's, you know, it would be a story I would just tell you verbally or a written story. What 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 do you think are some of the key components of a good story? Character. There's got to be a character that I can identify or root for in. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched a movie? Um, I'm thinking back to, did you ever see Pritzi's Honor? Years I, and maybe, years and years Maybe, but I don't ago? remember it, to be honest. I felt like that movie was the biggest waste of my time because there was not <laughs> a person in it I cared you if cared they were about, standing right. Yeah, right. when it okay. was over. Okay, right. I just didn't care. They all mm-hmm. deserved to die as far as <laughs> I was concerned. Okay. But there's got to be, you know, somebody, you've got to have the hero or the heroine, somebody right. that you can root for. Right, right. Um, I'm really drawn to books that are different. Mm-hmm. That There's arguably, there's a story arc, there's a journey that right. everybody and Formulations every book should take. Right, yes, right, right, yes, right. There are just some things that you have to do. But if you can approach that from a unique viewpoint mm-hmm. or just unique circumstances right. that I've never seen before. Right. Then that I'm in. That kind of captures you. I'm that kind of right. In. Okay. Interesting. And Jocelyn Jackson does an excellent mm-hmm. job of this. Mm-hmm. She's a Southern writer. I don't know if you're familiar. No. Nah. But she um, she wrote her latest book is Never Have I Ever, and I was sucked in from page one to the end. Awesome. Yeah. Good. That was a really good book. Cool. I also. Um, you know, some people say that the story is everything to them. They don't care about the language. Well, I care mm-hmm. a lot about the language, mm-hmm. probably too much about the language. Because if a book has some beautiful language in it, mm-hmm. I'll read it, even if the plot's not all that. Okay. So, so beautiful language, um, what does that mean to you? Because that sounds kind of subjective to me. It is. It's very subjective to different people, different right. things. 
Um, so, I mean, are you talking like Shakespearean kind of beautiful language? Are you talking about um, Homeric kind of beautiful language? Are you talking about, um, I'm trying to think of a modern author, um, Jack London, Edgar Allan Poe, although he's not really, he, he writes short stories. I mean, yeah. there's, I, I, I'm trying to figure out, anyway, t tell me, give me an example of um, an excerpt, even if you have to, if you have a. A quote written down, or you're, I see you're looking in your phone at your I books, am. <laughs> which is good. I'm just curious, you know, because it's so subjective. I can't put my finger on. I know what you mean, but I don't know what you mean. You well, know there, there's an author, uh, Nana George. Okay, and her books are not. She's probably not going to listen to this, so you know, yeah, you can, yeah. You can say what you're. Yeah, they're, they're, her books are predictable. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah, no, to no, a right, degree. Right, okay, right. I mean. Yeah, but yeah, um, they follow the formula or whatever. Just you know, but, her descriptions of things, okay. of 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 actual physical things, and okay. also of emotions and mm -hmm. feelings. And she has written protagonists that are male, mm -hmm. and in a believable way that gives insight into the emotional life they may have. Okay, okay, that I find is rare. Okay, interesting, right. But just her descriptions and things are worth the. Yeah, books. see, like I like, um, for example, George R. R. Martin. I'll just put it out there. Game of Thrones, I thought was a interesting world that he created, mm -hmm. and I thought the um, storyline was pretty good. I thought there were some interesting twists and turns. Um, I, I don't think HBO did it justice, frankly, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, <laughs> I could not stand how detailed he was in describing things. Like mm -hmm. I know what a fork looks like. So he would describe, you know, the, the place setting at a banquet and get into, you know, gold leaf and this and that, and the types of materials. And it's kind of like, get on with the story. I mean, there's a point where there's, it's too much description. Now, if it's kind of psychologically descriptive, which I don't know if that's where you're going, but I do like, um, and I think we talked about this guy. He's not a very good writer. I don't think that, um, Harry, what's his name? The, the Chicago, uh, Dresden, Dresden files. files. Yes, yes. Right. And when I first, I, that was recommended to me by a friend and I read the first chapter of the first book and I'm like, okay, this is very sophomoric. It's not well written. When he started talking about women, it, he had obviously has never had never at that point had sex with a woman. I think he eventually must have because he's married. And later <laughs> on in the future books, you yeah. know, he started to describe women's body parts more, I would say, accurately or whatever. Um, and and but he he really, for some reason though, I enjoyed reading his books for some of the same reasons you talked about. One of them was he had some kind of weird, even though the books seemed a little bit immature. He, there was some second level of kind of emotional maturity that I really appreciated. You know, he was very thoughtful about how people interacted and how it seemed to him important that his characters either they either had integrity or they didn't. And there was a very definitive line between those that did and didn't. And there, yes. were, there weren't so many conflicted, like a lot of books you read, and even the one I'm writing, some of the characters are bad, some of the characters are good, and some are conflicted. You know, like more normal people, we have our days when we're angels and we're demons, you know? Yes. Um, when in his books, it's almost highly consistently angelic or demonic, you know? So I found that to be intriguing and his characters are just likable, you know? Yes. And so those, and, and so I kind of put away the, well, this is kind of weird how it's written and a little bit amateurish. And then he, then as I read, I probably have read nine of his books or I don't, I think there's like 12 in the, in I've the read set them all. or something. Yeah. I've read them all. 
and and he got better at his craft. So I also started to want to read the next book to say, hey, this guy's getting better at writing, and he's getting better at understanding how sex works with women. <laughs> so, and so, um, for which so, his wife is eternally so, grateful. So, yeah, so, so I'm like, you know, I want to see him develop. It's almost like you're watching him develop as a person, as an author. You know, so so that was an enjoyable series for me. Not again because it was so you know freakishly well written, and it, I don't think he's won that many prizes. He's won some prizes, but I don't, you know. But I think that uh, it was an enjoyable series just because of those those things that progression and the, and the lovable characters and, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think you kind of get invested in his journey as well. Yeah. The main character. Right. Right. You know, you kind of want to see how he's going to come out of this. Yeah. And, that, and, and that's what I'm trying to do with the books. I'm the, the small series I'm trying to write is I'm trying to get one or two of the characters to be interesting enough that people are saying, well, you know, it's not the best book I've ever read, but I'm going to keep reading because I have to find out what happens to what him. What happens? You yeah. know, what, what's going to happen, you know, because it's obviously something's going to happen. The question is, how's it's going to all come together? You know? Yeah. And that's kind of the, and frankly, I don't know yet. I won't know until I write the last sentence how it ends, which is the way I write, which I don't know. People have, you know, I've talked to a lot of authors and they've, they've said there's kind of two, you know, there's more than two ways to write, but there's basically two ways to write. There's the people that have the storyboards all over their house. And they kind of stick to, no matter what happens, they stick to the plot that they designed, unless they just tear it all down and start from scratch. And then there's the type like me that I just type, I kind of go through the algorithm kind of process of saying, now I've developed a character, that character has certain attributes. Given the situation the character is now in, what would they do next that's consistent with their personality? Plotters and pantsers. Yeah, Plotters right. are the ones who plot everything out, right. and they do their outlines. And when they sit down to write, their story is pretty much done. Written, they know right, what's right, happening. Right. And then pantsers are just ha, see let's the pants. See I see where this goes. Right? Yeah, let's see what and that's these exactly characters how are going to do today. You know, <laughs> it's like you know, so and so has an opportunity to do something completely crazy that seems like a plot twist, but when you think about that character's place where they are mentally, emotionally, physically at that time. It's not really a plot twist to them. It was just, it was like meant to be, yep. you know, and it's like, but I didn't know it was meant to be six chapters ago. I just kind of worked my way there, you know. I'm trying to remember who was it that said, I have to write so I'll know what I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't I know, have to yeah, write right, it down yeah. so I'll know what happens. Yeah, exactly. And I get this stuff in my head and I think probably you do as well. You know, when I get in kind of a manic phase or writing frenzy, it's kind of like, you know, it's hard to sleep because I have to finish the chapter or the book or the idea. I have to let it play out because then I keep I keep playing it over and over in my head and refining it and refining it. And then once it's in on well not on paper, once it's on electronically on the computer, then I can at least say, Okay, it's it's now recorded. I don't yeah. have to you know, I can do a brain dump now. You know, yes. I, can, I can let it go. Yeah. So to speak. You know? Yeah. I can put that aside to work on lighter. Yeah. So, so that's, that's why I enjoy it. I mean, I, I started off writing poetry, love poems for my wife and my girlfriends even before that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and that was nice. And I, and I actually wrote some halfway decent poems and some very introspective personal poems when people would die or I have a major life event or when my kids were born or whatever. And, and so those were meaningful to me, but I always questioned, does anybody else care? And then I found out that, you know, humans are pretty much emotionally ubiquitous, right? So whatever I'm experiencing, you've experienced in some form or fashion. Sure. So I'm sure you could read one of my poems and say, yeah, that means something to me because I have kids or I was sick or I helped, was with a family member when they passed away or whatever the case may be. 
it took me a while to kind of seems obvious, but you don't really realize that. I don't know. It doesn't, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's one of the interesting paradoxes about writing and then reading writing is that it brings in all the common things that we feel, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the the ways we're alike more than we're different, but also can give us insight into people who are different from us. You know, from a different point of view, from a different Yeah, it's the same ethnicity. story. Exactly. It's the same story. I mean, everybody always says that, you know, after Homer, there's no original stories. <laughs> and, and, but, but there's different, um, you know, if you imagine it as a, as a, as a prism with almost infinite or a, or a, a disco ball with almost infinite facets or a diamond right. with infinite facets, it's the same core, the same story, but it's from the different, fa- you know, so my facets, you know, 20 degrees off of your facet, but it's the same story. It's kind of yeah, like, you yeah. know, with the work that Andrea does, you mm-hmm. know, different lens, yes. different perspective. Right, right. Composition. You know? It's yes. it's more about the composition. Yeah, it's a wedding. There's two people. Yep. There's a family. There's emotions. Yeah, it's all the, it's they're all generically the same. But uh, she captures it differently than another yes. photographer because yes. Right, yes. She has her very own I. Yes, which is excellent. It is. Yeah, I mean, she's done work for me, and I love her work. Yeah, she does do great work. We can agree on that. So okay. what are you reading right now? My own book. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I can't. I, 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 I've talked to, I, I went to three different author um, literature things in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I went to one mm-hmm. here, one in Columbia, one in Charleston. And I tried to glean basic kind of helpful hints kind of stuff i mean i knew what i wanted to write i already had the story start of the story formulated i knew i wanted to at least put it out there and try it type of thing Mm -hmm. and i knew i was definitely a seat of the pants writer not a plotter (laughs) um but what i didn't know was you know is there some stuff that you know i mean you know jack london says he did his thousand words a day come hell or high water every day he wrote a thousand words it's like that's not really me because I do have, I'm very bipolar, so I have these manic times when I write 7,000 words and then I get depressed and I don't write for three days or for a week or whatever, you know. So everybody has a different approach, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So but I, I like to gather kind of benchmarking best practice mm-hmm. and then just mm-hmm. say, which ones work for me? You know, so the Jack London thing doesn't work for me, but maybe somebody else's method does work for me. Right. So I met a bunch of writers and one of the things that, that, that stuck with me was... Um, one of the authors said that, because I said, oh, I love to read. And she said, I can't read and write at the same time because I find it polluting my work. Hmm. And I said, well, doesn't it add to your work? I said, because I'm sure when I write consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously, whatever the correct term is, things I have read are impacting how I write. Everything's an influence. It's not, yeah. I mean, yeah. even the air you breathe, the food you eat, the whatever, you know, exactly. I mean, you're in the moment. So, you know, is it really true? So maybe because I just was listening to her advice or maybe it's for some reason it rang a, rang a bell, but I happened to be reading a book at the time and I was on the second or third chapter of my book. Then I started thinking, oh my God, my book's starting to sound like this other author's book, you know? And so I kind of scrubbed what I was doing and I put the book down. And so I, I wrote my book. It needs a lot, a lot of, as you well know, it needs tons of editing. And so I'm going back through the editing process. But in between the initial write and starting the second book, just to kind of get me to a place where I could say, okay, where's this thing going? And then backtracking and start editing. I read a bunch of books and then I stopped reading as I started editing because I didn't want that to end. Because I found, I felt it influenced me. Well, if you were aware I, I of it, I felt it. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, and whether it really does or not, 
I mean, it has to, but whether it does to a point of making a difference, I have no freaking yeah. clue. Yeah, I mean. Well, I was thinking about what you said about needing a lot of editing. Don't feel like that. Every what was it? Annie Lamont called shitty first drafts. Yeah, just get them done. Yeah, you right. know? Well, now I'm to the point where I'm literally editing, editing, like just going yes. through and making sure that I spell the guy's name the same way every time because he's a minor character, yeah. and I'm like, I don't even care about him. But now, of course, I can't call him three different things. You <laughs> right. Know? So they're just that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm beyond. You know, I'm just, I'm still debating whether I might still. I'm I'm not. I'm pretty sure I'm going to hire someone to do an edit, final edit kind of thing, but uh, yeah, well, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it's 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 almost done. I'm days, if not weeks, away. Awesome. So then I have to have some decisions to make, but we'll worry about that when yeah. we get there. Anyway, well, so. the publishing industry is. Um, yeah, and I'm not, you know, and I'm not. I'm well, sorry, I mean, ahead. there are a lot of options out there yeah. for, especially yeah. for self-publishing. Exactly. It's just in the time that I've been in or around the industry, mm -hmm. how much it has evolved from what used to be essentially, well, they were called vanity presses because right, right. that's what they, they were. were. Exactly. Somebody just had enough money to pay for getting their books right, printed. Right. But you have so many more options for self-publishing mm -hmm. now that right. it's a really good time to be an independent. Yeah. And so, and, and I'm not, I mean... I would love to see the books take flight and become something bigger than me, but I'm obviously when I, I'm, I'm not doing it for the money and I don't need to do it for the money because I have a day job. So I'm doing it for me. Yeah. So I'm, I want to publish it just to get it out there, but I don't want to necessarily publish it because I have to meet a deadline. I have a contract. I need to pay the rent or anything like crazy like that. So it's like, I, there's really no pressure. Right. Yeah. There's no pressure. And as an independent, you yeah, know, you right. can do whatever you want. Right. You exactly. know, that, respect so that's uh that's one of the differences between mm -hmm. being under contract yeah, with right publishing house so Even we'll see yeah we'll see what happens but uh i i i i like my the thing i'm most proud of is i like my characters and they're real to me so now i i care about them and sure like, you know if someone would come along and say hey i want to do this or do that i'll be like well no that's not that's not what she thinks or that's not what he does that's not the way he does it you know, and if I misunderstood, if you misunderstood me, then maybe I did a poor job of writing. But in my mind, that's not something that they would do, you know. Right, right. And so, no, we're not going to go there. So well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, nobody knows your characters like yeah, you do. Exactly. They are. And they're all facets of me. I mean, I see yeah. I'm in each one of them is, has at least one attribute that's me or someone I know. So you have kids. Have you have two, three daughters, two daughters. Two daughters. Two daughters. Yep. Okay. So, uh, any grandkids? No. No? No. You almost shake, you almost, I was going to say, you almost shake your head like, it's not going to happen. That's no, it's right. really, okay. As it stands right now, no. That's okay. I'm not judging. I have five wonderful grandkids. They're amazing. So, no apologies. <laughs> no, none needed. <laughs> You've seen video and, and pictures of them. Oh, yeah. And, they are precious. So, what else do you do besides read and write? And try to tactfully avoid politics and not run people off the road that have certain bumper stickers on their cars. <laughs> um, kickbox. Do you? I do. Awesome. I love martial arts. Well, uh, yeah. it's kind of martial arts light. I belong well, to the yeah. kickbox and gym nine round in Florence. Nice, nice. I have a heavy bag in my in my shed. Oh, yeah. 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 And I like to go on the heavy bag. I don't kick much anymore because my hips and knees and ankles aren't that great. But uh, I, st I I love the box. Yeah. So uh, 
I beat the crap out of the bag a couple times a week. It is quite and, uh, therapeutic. Oh, it is. Yes, yes, yes. It keeps me out of jail. <laughs> keeps you from running certain people up the road, right? <laughs> hey. um, no, but it's. I, I think it's a good. Uh, you know, it. I took I took karate for only like a year and a half, and then I got a groin injury, so I'm not like you know any kind of an expert. And I was an adult. It was funny. A couple of friends of mine and I took it. And most of the people in the class were kids, and it was like, oh my god, this kid's kicking my ass. This is <laughs> but anyway, no. But I, I I've always you know Muhammad Ali is one of my heroes, and I used to watch and listen to boxing. Actually, yes, we used to listen to sports on the radio back right, in the old right. days. Um, my dad and I, my dad was a boxing fan. And so he kind of got me into, sure. you know, appreciating pugilism, but, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Kickboxing. That's it. Interesting. Anything else we need to know about you that's exciting and different? No. <laughs> Not exciting and different. Boring, boring. Boring and the same. Boring, boring and, the same. and boring is good. Yeah. Um, boring is good. Yeah. I try not to have too much drama. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that out there. It's 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 easy to find. It's very very easy to find. I mean, whether it's at work, at home, at whatever, you know. So if you could say one thing to um, about literature or writing um, to the to the world um, that you a message you like to get out there, what would that message be? Read as much as you can and don't overlook unknown authors. Be adventurous. Take a chance. Okay, great. That's good advice. I was, um, and the reason I say that is because I learned from a lot of the authors that I worked with that were local to local, the southeast. Right, right. You know, who was it that said many a bestseller could have been prevented by a good English teacher? <laughs> but That's their funny, stories right? were better than yeah anything you could yeah, just get I off have the really eclectic reading yeah. taste. You know, mm-hmm. I read a lot of different. Right. It's not just all airport novels, I call them, you know, airport novels. Yeah. So branch out, read something different. Cool. Cool. That's great. And maybe someday my stuff, maybe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> when it's out for the, for the public, definitely that. Because <laughs> it's different. I'll give you, I'll give myself that much. <laughs> it was great to uh, finally meet you in person. Yep. It was really, really nice. Maybe we'll come up with another topic and you can come back sometime. That'd be great. I All love right. it. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Gina. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk and Turns. Music's been provided by Mr. Scruffy. Some photography's been provided by Photographs by Andrea. Please visit our website at www.talkinturns.com. That's www.talkinturns.com. Talking Turns is copyrighted. Any use of this material requires the expressed written consent of George Knapp. Opinions expressed on Talking Turns are solely those of the speaking participants. These opinions do not in any way reflect the beliefs or opinions of our sponsors, associates, employers, or other individuals associated with this broadcast. Again, thanks for listening, and be kind to yourself.